0: from the William Hill Sportsbook at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino. It's Cofield and Company. Big Five
1: time here on Cofield and Company. Adam Candy, Adam Hill. Steve is on his way over to Allegiant Stadium where UNLV is going to take on Eastern Washington kickoff at 7 p.m. tonight as UNLV will play its first game with... Close to a full crowd. Uh, there were some fans allowed for a couple of games last season for the Rebels. You can get all of the action starting right here in just about an hour. We'll have our Lotus pregame show led by Q Myers and the Learfield pregame show led by Russ Langer. will start at 6.30. Kickoff course at 7 p.m. Let's get into it.
0: Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the Big Five at Five. Number five.
1: I can start the big five, Adam, today by saying that if you had tried to do this to me when I was a child, I would have fought you with all of the sticks and twigs and duct tape that hold me together. All of my skinny-ass frame would have come for you and whatever army you brought to try to take my 8-bit Nintendo.
2: I would have, too. I would have lost it. This would not have gone over no, well. No, I, I, no,
1: I, I want to give you a chance to, to appropriately register your anger uh, with this as well. Um, I'm considering I'm considering boycotting everything related to the country of China. I I, I I just I might have to give up on everything with China from this point on. China has decided to limit minors, kids under 18, to one hour of video game play Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Three total hours of video games a week if you are under the age of 18. Adam, do they think that these children are just going to get off their Xbox, get off their PlayStation, and go outside and play? Have you been to China lately? You're going to choke on the air. You want the kids inside playing video games. What are they doing? Have I been lately? No. <laughs> never.
2: never. What? You've never been? No. Ne- oh. Never been there. Uh, yeah, this is. This seems like it's going to be tough. Now, I think, because my first thought was how on earth are they going to police this? Like, I think, not I think, I know that they police a lot of websites out there. So, like, you can't go to certain sites uh, when you are uh, trying to, um, sorry, I was uh, just trying to, there's something going on here. Um, You can't go to a lot of sites there. So, if you can block, like, Facebook and Twitter and all those things, I'm sure that you could uh block this you know the certain video games because there are certain games that i guess people are really uh losing their mind about over there and it's if it, the kids are becoming so addicted that that's what they're trying to do this but for right now 8 to 9 p.m friday saturday sunday i think it is that's all you can play video games that's it if you're a kid that's all you can get no more and then you got to shut it down uh that would not as i said go over well i know it said it wouldn't you said it wouldn't go over well with you either uh that would be ugly but this is also a country that limited the amount of children you could have, right? So, I mean, this is not this is really uh, limiting things, not really anything new. I'm telling you right now,
1: and it's not like I had free reign to everything in the house, but my mother put reasonable limits on the amount of time that I could spend playing games. I had to get my stuff done, my homework, my chores, whatever, but an hour, an <laughs> hour. one hour and i understand they can police this by saying now all video games connect to online so you can't play with your friends etc etc but adam this is where we had it good because the only person who could figure out when we were playing our video game systems were our parents or our siblings right like nobody else was going to figure it out because the only thing we were connected to was the little unit sitting right in front of us
2: even them though because you would just you would keep the game going but you would just turn the tv off keep the game paused and then when you turn the tv back on the game is right ready to go again that's all you had to do and and also the other i mean one of the other problems i have with this policy uh three hours a week but it's not like you get to pick the hours i mean if you're doing anything in those hours you are screwed you don't even get your hours for that week or that day i, I would be like hey let we play three straight hours like on a wednesday and then i'll put it away for the week and then, then i'll come back to it but one hour a day three different days is that's just brutal Number four. Well, Adam, what if you're just about to save the princess? Oh, don't worry, she's is in that another still castle. a thing?
1: She's in another castle. She's always you in another gotta, castle.
2: You gotta go with the right pattern to get through the castle.
1: I'm still frustrated about this. I would. If
2: I had only spent an hour, I never would have found her. I'll tell you this: I was an anti warp zone guy. Oh, I would come go. On, up, I would. You know what? Of course. you
0: Number four. Ari, I
2: would, I would warp. It. If I only had an hour, I'd be warping my butt off. Uh,
1: yes, and 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 be careful, because warping your butt off is super, super dangerous. It's almost like <laughs> sure. cutting the hole. Yeah. Right, so uh, Tom Brady has gradually let his personality show a little bit more at him. Um, I don't know if it's just getting old and comfortable. I don't know if it's getting away from the hoodie. Whatever it is, I feel like we're getting to see just a little bit more of, of the Tom Brady, you know, the comfortable Tom Brady, the, the, the family man, both families, Bridget Moynihan and Giselle. Um, we're getting to see a little bit more of, of Tom Brady really as he is, uh, this time talking about Titans head coach and uh, former teammate Mike Vrabel. The Tennessee Titans are in town, coached by Mike Vrabel, who played with Tom Brady for eight seasons. Mike's kind of an ass If you get to know him,
2: he went to Ohio State. You know, obviously I don't like him. It'll buy you
1: another
2: day. Go as hard as you can. To buy you another no, day. Don't Earn a you right to be here. here. There's a, a healthy competition between us. all, Even though he's kind of fat and out of shape now. You know, physically, he's really declined to a pretty sad state.
1: Look, Adam, I'm, I'm never going to become Team TB12. That is, that is not on the table. But anti-TB12... I got to say, is actually fading just a little bit for me here. Like, that's fun. That's good.
2: I mean, it's not bad. By his standards, it's good. He's so – it's weird because I – I don't know. We always hear this. It's confusing, I guess. We always hear, like, hey, outside of football, Tom Brady, regular guy. Like, how many times have we heard that? And then every time we get a little bit of a sneak peek – as you said, we're getting a little bit more now that he's outside of the uh, of the Patriots. But every time we get a sneak peek, you're like, he's regular guy that people only l- like and pretend to relate to because he's Tom Brady. Like he's not a regular guy. If he was a reg- if he had a regular job, people would be like, "Oh, that idiot." Like I don't want to be around that guy. But he's relatable and likable because he's Tom Brady, and he's not just a complete jerk, I guess. Look, he, Adam, he, you
1: know what he's become? What's he, that? He's become a cool Alex Rodriguez. Yeah, that's fair. Right? Like you look at a rod and a rod is just the tool that everyone can't stand. Nobody wants to be around him. Nobody wants to have anything to do with him, but because of his perceived success, we're, we're stuck with him. We're stuck with him on Sunday night, baseball and Fox and in business and blah, blah. Um, but I think Tom Brady is cool now for what he used to be, which was kind of a version of Alex Rodriguez.
2: Yeah, like, yeah, and, and Rodriguez in the same boat. Like, man, I'm really getting uh, – I'm delving deep into my psychosis. Uh, but, Do it. like, I feel like most people, like a regular guy, like I'm going to include myself in this, not you. You're you're fancy and you're very, uh, oh, oh. very bougie. Yeah. Um, oh. But, like, a regular person – I feel like in social settings, like in a big group of guys, like say a locker room, like you're, if you're going to try a joke, you're going to be like, oh, is this good? And you're kind of like, when you throw it out, you're like, oh, I hope this, I hope this hits. And and if you have a really low hit rate, people are going to be like, come on, man, like you suck, you're an idiot. But if you, if you're every once in a while, you're making everybody laugh, like, okay, cool. Like I can keep throwing things out there. Brady and A-Rod are in the same boat of, they can just throw anything they want out and if nobody laughs like who cares i'm still tom brady i'm still a Rod. like screw you and, and they try like a thousand and like two hit and everybody's like oh what a regular guy so funny like no he's not you're saying that because he's tom brady and because he's a-rock
1: bougie is the nicest thing you've ever called me <laughs>
2: yeah
1: number three god we have nothing but hard transitions here today like nothing is nothing. smooth in the big five no. like we go straight from we go from me being bougie and Tom Brady not being able to tell a joke without people being forced to laugh to hey Adam what happened out of Raiders camp today Uh, we've talked about the news already KJ Wright signing as Gus Bradley continues to assemble defenses from past lives uh, here in Vegas but uh, they restructure Nick Kwiatkowski's contract to make KJ Wright fit under the cap but there's still a little bit of work to do left right for the Raiders to be cap compliant
2: yeah, uh, they're not. They're not going to worry about it. it's. It's a really weird year, um, mostly because, uh, as we've talked about, you know, uh, several times in the last week, um, the the you usually don't have much this much time between cut down day, like end of the preseason cut down day in your first game. That's usually like a Thursday to a Sunday, like a ten day stretch. Now it's like. Saturday well the Raiders played Sunday but it's like Saturday to two Sundays from now you get like a two-week uh stretch here between the end of the you know end of cuts and when you get to make pickups and and drops and go to IR and all these other moves uh to the first game so they've got they've got plenty of time they got to figure it out uh it also obviously depends on uh what KJ Wright's contract is specifically and we're getting those details now starting to trickle out so Uh, Yeah, they've got some things to figure out, but I I don't think they're too worried about it at this point.
1: KJ Wright specifically and what he brings to this defense, Adam. uh, We talked about Denzel Perryman and the fact that, oh, he knows the Gus Bradley system, et cetera, et cetera, which is all well and good. But Denzel Perryman's performance on the field has been up and down. KJ Wright's a guy who, at the ripe old age of 31, actually just put out one of his better seasons of his career.
2: Yeah. Uh, been very good against the pass in particular uh, over his career. Uh, among the pass breakup leaders pretty much every year in the decade he's been in the league. Uh, over that stretch, he's, uh, I think, number three or four uh, in pass breakups over that time. So uh, he's a guy who can really, really get involved in the passing game. And by the way, if you think back, I know they've got a little bit better. If you think back to two years ago, this was the worst team in the league by far in covering backs and tight ends. Mostly because their linebackers couldn't cover anybody. Uh, Nick Morrow was better last year, but of course he's hurt. Uh, you bringing a guy on the cage, of right. That's going to uh, really, really help you in that area, which is massive uh, because so many teams in the league are so good at getting their backs and tight ends involved. And that's really where the Raiders have struggled quite a bit. So uh, I think this helps in that area. I know it helps in, this, in that area. He knows the defense or he knows the system. He'll be able to come in and, and adjust right away, but really, really good against the pass.
0: Number two
1: adam mark davis is starting to grow something that is concerning me i don't really know that house where it came from Uh, that's trying he's definitely growing that um and for once i'm not talking about his hair uh it it looks like he's growing actual expectations for the raiders and i'm not quite sure what to do about it because it's it's a little bit disconcerting to me it's so strange he's been been perfectly willing to have a 19 and 29 head coach uh through three seasons and now mike mayock In the media veil you were a part of of course talked about the fact yesterday that he and john gruden expect this to be a playoff team and mark davis's response was and i'm paraphrasing here cool go do it um basically said i'm not impressed by the idea that that mike mayock said that i would be a lot more impressed if the raiders actually went out and made the playoffs look we know about the love affair between davis and gruden um, but does this signal in any way that mark davis is either frustrated or has set his sights a little higher
2: um no i I, i'm trying to i'm trying to debate how much i think Hmm. i don't know how ready mark davis was for the question okay and i don't really want to get much further into it than that i'll just say like this was not a normal media setting for mark davis so I don't want to read too much into what he said. Now, I think it is fair to say, hey, like he's he he believed when he hired Gruden a couple years out from the move to Las Vegas, and when Mayock came in a year later, that he had put the power structure in place that they would hit the ground running in Las Vegas, that they would go through their struggles in those two seasons in Oakland, those last two seasons, and then they would be at the top of the division and fighting for division titles and playoff spots and potentially, you know, AFC championships. Um, And in the kind of position that the golden Knights were in their first year in Las Vegas to really make a big splash. And I think he firmly believed that now, not only did he not get that, but he also didn't have a real first season in Las Vegas. Um, There's a lot, there's a lot there, right? So I feel like in his mind, they're already a year behind those expectations. And what really is the top line expectation this year? Like nobody, nobody that I know of, and I doubt many people outside of, I I would guess if you really were honest, even the people in the locker room think that they can win the division. Now, do they think that they can get a wild card and go to the playoffs this year? Yes, that's what they expect. And that should be probably the expectation for the team. That's where they should be. But even in your wildest dreams, outside of an injury to Mahomes do you think that they can win a division not really and I don't think that's where the Raiders wanted to be and by the way is that going to change over the next five to ten years I mean possibly with Mahomes contract kicking in and a little bit tougher to build talent around him but it's tough to envision the Raiders being a division favorite any time in the next decade
1: for the next five years to further that point I'm not even gonna talk about Mahomes would you rather have Justin Herbert or Derek Carr?
2: Well, I'm gonna. I would. Surprisingly, enough, I would actually say Herbert only because of age.
1: And it all factors into the equation. I'm not saying sure. Derek Carr is going to fall off in the next five years, but the fact is, even if the Chiefs weren't there, you have another ascending team yeah. in the division. And if the Broncos manage to figure out their quarterback situation, then this this division could be as rough as the NFC West before
2: long. Imagine if. And again, this is a crazy scenario, so we have no idea. Imagine if the Broncos, with that roster, got Deshaun Watson.
1: I, or Aaron Rodgers next year. Well, like, Rodgers
2: is more likely, but Rodgers, yeah. I'm thinking, is only two years, right? So Yeah, so you're talking then, about a long-term thing. Yeah, right. at least then you yeah. can see the light yeah. at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, if, uh,
1: that would be scary. If
2: they were to get Deshaun Watson with that roster, and Justin Herbert continues to go, you could be looking at three top five quarterbacks in this division and then just thinking, okay, well, now what do we do? Number one.
1: Throwing a little bit of breaking news in here at number one. We touched on it a bit earlier, but with UNLV getting ready to play its season opener tonight against Eastern Washington, 7 o'clock at Allegiant Stadium, a starting quarterback has been named. Uh, I use the passive voice in particular because I don't even know if Marcus Arroyo is really the one naming the starting quarterback or if eventually they just had to put a depth chart out that puts someone at the top of this thing. Uh, because Marcus Arroyo has treated it like the nuclear codes to try to see who was going to be the starting quarterback. Uh, None of the quarterbacks were available to the media in camp. Marcus Arroyo claimed as recently as last week that no one had separated themselves in the competition. Adam, UNLV has to play a football game in 100 minutes, and someone has to become the quarterback who goes on the field first, and they've done that.
2: Yeah, and I I think it's interesting now because – the belief all along for most people was that they're going to play both guys. I think Marcus Arroyo has indicated they're going to play both guys. So how much does it really matter who goes first? In fact, Marcus Arroyo, listening to him, I was down at the coach's show the other day, essentially was like, hey, both are going to play and both have been told, you want to stay in the game? Do something. And it was going to go, kind of go back and forth. As long as they were doing something, they'd stay in the game. And then if they didn't, then they'd come out. So both guys were would kind of know like, hey, I, I know what it has to, what it takes to stay in the game. I gotta, I gotta go produce. So I mean, it's gonna be that much of a rotation, at least according to Marcus Arroyo. I want to know if that's still the case. This really doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that Justin Rogers is starting, uh, or have they decided that Justin Rogers is the starter and he'll be in the game, you know, for as long as he's in the game, and maybe he goes the whole way. I don't know. I would assume the plan is still to rotate them back and forth uh, and to to let each guy go as long as they're having some success on the field and in the plays. Uh, But we'll find out. I think that's one of the more intriguing things about watching this game tonight. I mean, certainly you want to see how the rest of the guys are doing, but I definitely want to find out uh, what's going on with these guys and and how uh, they're playing.
1: Eastern Washington is a small favorite. Brad Powers says – He would even play them as a favorite after taking them as an underdog in multiple spots. We'll have more college football talk coming in just a few minutes. ESPN sideline reporter Chris Button will join us here on Cofield Company. It's the Big Five at Five, brought to you by Battle Born Injury Lawyers. If you've been injured, call Justin Watkins at Battle Born Injury Lawyers, 570-9000.
0: at the William Hill Sportsbook Inside Silver 7s. It's Cofield and Company.
1: ESPN's Chris Button joins us in about five minutes here on Cofield and Company. Adam's Family Edition, Hill and Candy. Adam, big news out of the NFL today. And by big, I mean, eh, kind of. Uh, Carson Wentz is back. Had nothing to do with the foot, though. He's (laughs) off the... uh, off the covid list um, yes reporters had an opportunity to interview carson wentz today and um, i'm not sure if it's the weakest weak sauce answer that i've ever heard someone give about whether or not they're vaccinated and obviously carson wentz not vaccinated uh, but it had to be up there
2: yeah it wasn't it wasn't great um you know it, it, this is such, it's such a weird bizarre time i I actually was thinking about it today uh i think every story in the front of espn.com this morning was vaccine or covid related like wow i mean we're a year and a half in it's still the same thing and crazy that people are still hesitant but uh yeah we saw him kind of waffling a little bit he'll think about getting vaccinated he's not it doesn't seem like he's heading in that direction uh we did have one at the raiders camp today uh, newcomer Denzel Perriman who uh, just you know just came in and actually his his arrival was kind of delayed by protocol uh, it took about six days to actually get him in the facility uh, was wearing a mask today he said when he was with the Panthers no chance not doing it not gonna get vaccinated he said today he's leaning toward doing it uh, the, the the regulations have gotten him he just said listen you can't have lunch with your teammates you can't be around anybody you can cause your team harm I'm out. I'm getting it. I th- he thinks. He th- he's leading in that direction. Now it takes five weeks. Get the two shots, three weeks apart, and then a two-week waiting period. So uh, maybe five weeks from now we'll see uh, that he'll be back. But yeah, that's that's uh, an interesting one. And then came out today that the Bucks are fully done. That means Tom Brady's vaccinated. People are shocked about that. You shouldn't be. His sisters are in the medical field. Of course he is.
1: Hanging at the William Hill Sportsbook inside Silver Sevens. It's Cofield and Company. Company takeover here on a Thursday afternoon. Adam Candy along with Adam Hill down at Silver Sevens getting ready for UNLV. Kicking off its season tonight against Eastern Washington at Allegiant Stadium. That's an hour and a half away, but you can catch all of the action right here on ESPN Las Vegas. Pre-game shows beginning at 6 with the kickoff at 7. And of course, college football not just getting going here in Las Vegas, but all across the country. Chris Budden joins us from Ann Arbor, where the Wolverines are at the Big House against Western Michigan this weekend. And, And Chris, I'm very excited that you're in the hotel, because that means that we won't be having to talk to you trying to hide from your children Uh, as you've so deftly done uh, in the past. Not that it's been any sort of problem. You've been an expert. uh, But you've certainly Uh, gone above and beyond uh, to be here with us in the past.
0: I have. Uh, That was when everyone was quarantined and there was no school. But it is nice being able to be in a hotel and get work done in complete silence and watch football without... I don't know, someone asking for like more juice or
2: cookies. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we all—I mean, you're all over the place because I—I I could be wrong. Did I see on your Twitter? Were you part of that drone shot that was done at, at the the Cowboys facility?
0: <laughs> I was. So we live in Frisco, which is like three miles from the Star, and we work out at that complex. And the instructor was like, "Hey, we're going to do an outdoor one uh, for you know uh, hard docks. Would you guys want to do it?" And so a bunch of us signed up, and it's funny because we were like, okay, they're going to get this shot. It's only going to a couple takes. And it took 75 minutes of us doing yoga oh. and <laughs> workouts for them to finally get the shot. But it was really interesting having the TV background because I was watching the guys do the drone, and I think the, my appreciation for it was, like, off the charts because I realized how hard it was what they pulled off.
1: Yeah, it certainly was uh... – it was pretty amazing to see, um, and I, uh, being part of it, I, I don't know. Maybe I would have been okay having to do seventy-five minutes of workout to to be part of that shot. It does sound like a lot, though.
0: It was, you know, like you couldn't understand what the like what it would look like. I could just like you could hear the buzz of the drone. And the part that they had the biggest problem was if you guys watch it, it goes goes to like the entire star complex, but it goes through a pickup truck and like through one window and out the other window. And they kept hitting the truck, or would like get caught right in <laughs> the window. And so when it made it through the window, like everyone cheered. They were like part of the production. staff.
2: <laughs> amazing. Uh, you know that's that's awesome. The shot was awesome. Everybody's excited about it. But really, what everybody's excited about is football is here. I know we had a tease last week uh, with Week Zero, but now uh, all kinds of games all over the country this weekend, and even tonight. And I know you know you uh, you were watching some games, so. What is it like just to see football going on again and and all over the country?
0: It's cool. I'll tell you what, like, it didn't feel real last week. Um, Tonight is when, like, I was watching Tennessee play today, and, like, that scene at Neyland Stadium with 100-plus thousand people or, like, the scene at Minnesota, like, I got chills thinking and, like, watching that and wondering, like, is it going to be like that at the big house on Saturday with 100,000-plus, like, like, it's just, you missed it so much, and there's nothing like it. And, you know, I, I was at a packed stadium for baseball, but, like, that, it's just not the same. And so I'm just so excited to, like, just be there on a the field and witness it in person.
1: Yes, being reporter Chris Budden joining us here on Cofield & Company. Uh You spend a lot of your time covering the Big 12, and there's been plenty of news uh, about the future of the conference, Uh, not only who's leaving but who might be joining, et cetera, et cetera. What has been your impression of what's happened over the last couple of months with the Big 12 conference?
0: Yeah, well, it kind of seems like they're out of options now. I mean, we've all been wondering how it was going to play out. You know, at first there was the conversation with the Pac-12, would they align, and then the Pac-12 went with the ACC and the Big 10 to make the alliance. So now really the only thing that seems like a viable option, uh, in my opinion, is adding a few teams from the American Conference that would add, you know, like Houston's got a big base or adding an independent like BYU. Now I don't know if the American would want to do that and leave the other remaining, if you took four from the American and at least nine, um, just left on their own when the American has been growing and growing throughout the years, so do they just say, you know, let's combine them all together? Um, because otherwise then teams like, you know, an SMU or a Tulsa, you know, kind of get, you know, left to the side. So in my opinion, the best thing for them is to combine. I don't know if they will. I mean, by the time you do the TV stuff and then you cut the pie that many ways, if, if you know, if, if that's what will be financially benefit for them. Um, that's why I think the big 12 would like to prefer only four teams. Uh, but it'll be interesting because the American TV deals with ESPN and Bowlesby, be the commissioner for the big 12 has taken a lot of shots at ESPN and wanting to get, um, another partner in that TV deal. So I don't, you know, it'll be interesting to see how quickly that unfolds given Texas and OU still have four years left on that contract.
2: Does, I mean does the big 12 put themselves in a tough position of of if you pick the wrong teams maybe some of the other teams that are left in the big 12 of the, you know the big boys are like yeah this is not what we signed up for and they get out and all of a sudden you're kind of relegated to a second-tier conference
0: yeah but I, but I don't know like if it you know in order to get out you have to have a place to go and right. so I don't know are you talking about like a Oklahoma State. Like, I don't think that at that point the SEC, that's really beneficial to them to take an Oklahoma State and then have to split it, the pie with another team. Um, You know, at this point, the Big 12 is kind of out of options. And so, in my opinion, you just say, you know, this is what I have left as my Grubhub order comes uh, (laughs) to my room. Uh, (laughs) This is what we got, and we're going to make it work. Otherwise, we may be left out as a whole if the American decides hey, maybe we're going to split this up and, and join the alliance or, you know, you know, take on BYU or something.
1: Chris, uh, we, we can hold on a second if you need to take care of dinner because that's <laughs>
2: way more important.
0: It is the front desk calling with my Grubhub order.
2: Hopefully okay. it's Zingerman's, by the way.
0: You know what? They did not deliver.
2: I oh, know. no. What a disaster. I'll be right down. Yeah, I'm, sorry. I'm on the radio. Hold on. Good, good, one. good. One. That was that was That's very it. professional. That, look at that!
1: Just when I was complimenting you earlier, you take it to another <laughs> level. That's another level of distraction that was highly impressive. Um, uh, sure. Obviously, as a uh, as a working mom, a multitasker, and uh, <laughs> yes. another one of your multitasks, the sideline pass pod. You're talking uh, with Molly McGrath with Allison Williams uh, about some of the challenges and opportunities uh, in the work that you do. Tell us a little bit more about that.
0: Yeah, so we started that uh, at the beginning of COVID because we were like, well, we're bored. I think Allison texted us after a couple glasses of wine and was like, let's do this. (laughs) And we had zero idea how to start a podcast. We were like, we'll do something on social media. And then we, like, Googled how to make a podcast, and then it started. And it's really just kind of been a labor of love. Um, We have all these stories that don't ever make air or random things that happen on the sideline that people find interesting. And so that's kind of what we did. And so it's a little bit of, like, our thoughts on football in general and then stories that make air or questions that, you know, aspiring sideline reporters or or broadcasters have for us. Uh, And it's been a lot of fun because... You know, for me, like I'm alone on the sidelines. Like I don't, I don't get to see my colleagues. You know, because they're all at other games. So it's been this way for us to connect. And now also that we're all moms, because Molly just had a baby. So if you like, if it were on video and we actually like posted the video stuff, like you see <laughs> Molly walking around with a baby in, like a kangaroo pouch, and I'm like locking the door so my kid won't come in. Which actually, I have a question for you guys. Yes. So, I'm actually gonna start hosting some uh, shows for ESPN radio on Sunday like where in my house am I gonna set this up that I could have four hours of alone time?
2: Uh, good luck uh, for us the biggest <laughs> challenge is the dogs I think uh, Adam would agree with me on that my dogs don't get that I'm on the air and they will not listen to me. <laughs> yeah
1: oh boy Chris I'm thinking um, <laughs> I'm thinking you might need to maybe I don't know the garage. Like, I'm not really sure where you're going to be able to do this uh, that you could fool everybody uh, and be able to get some quiet time to yourself. I mean, right, I mean, right now, I'm actually running wires into a separate room of my house to get away from my dog and try to keep this sounding somewhat professional. You've got even bigger challenges.
0: Yeah. Like My option right now is my parents live like five miles from me as I might just set up a shop at my parents' yeah. house.
2: That's, that's important. Uh, you, we know you have to get your dinner. Uh, but real quick, uh, what's Michigan going to look like? What should we expect from them?
0: Yeah, I'm excited to watch them play. You know, I, Jim Harbaugh obviously has a lot of work to do. as his. You know, he's always on the hot seat. What I think will be interesting is they hired a bunch of new coaches, and they've got six coaches that are under 40 years old. So I think kind of invigorate and kind of make this um, kind of new culture there, which a lot of the players have said is completely different than what they've had in the past. So I think it will be interesting to see, like, how that plays out on the field. They've got a huge stable of running backs. Um, Kay at uh, at quarterback, uh, coming back for another year. Um, His second year, Aiden Hutchinson, who, if you follow Bruce Feldman's freak list, is number two and was number 13 on Mel Kuyper's big board. Uh, So he's one to watch on defense. But, you know, I I just think it will be exciting to watch that fan base for the big 10 that only got to have family and friends there last year like some of these teams got to have like 50 percent. like they had no one and so to get to run out tomorrow in front of a hundred thousand plus would be pretty cool
1: it'll be pretty cool for all of us to see and even better i'm sure to take it in in person you can find her on twitter at chris Button, of course also on the sideline pass podcast at sideline pass pod thank you for holding off grubhub long enough to talk to us chris we appreciate it
0: Thank you guys. I
1: appreciate it. We'll get into the grab bag, which I don't think we'll have anything as fun knit as Chris Budden's dinner when we come back.
0: Cofield and Company presents
2: Grab
1: Bag.
2: Don't touch it. Don't even look at it.
0: Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Vegas. Stick your hand in there, Dave.
1: I'm letting it ride out a little bit in case Ari wants to cut me off again. Uh, figured maybe I'll just give him an opportunity to uh, get rid of whatever bad words I said at the beginning of the segment. As we're here in, uh, well, it's usually the grab bag. Uh, but our, our boy Steve Cofield, who, who dished us early today, uh, he came up with a slightly different name for it today. Uh, apparently we're going into the Vax bag. Uh, like Adam told you earlier, all the stories on ESPN.com this morning related to vaccination one way or the other and this might be the most interesting of them Uh, this is just like chapter number 734 in adam silver don't play uh the nba is talking about having some significant differences for vaccinated and unvaccinated players for the protocols throughout this season and this isn't like i'm sorry you don't get to eat with us this is like oh you you don't want to get the vaccine Go sit with the PR intern at the back of the plane. Well, no, you can go have the little guy's seat, seven foot tall human being, uh, and many other things as well.
2: And not even with them by yourself because it's just that section, right? So, if you've seen NBA planes before, they're insane because the, uh, of course, the players get these amazing, like you know, full row like recliner. It's insane the, the, how they sit and how they're uh, how they travel, which they absolutely need to. I mean, their bodies go through war and then they're flying around all the time so it makes perfect sense but then it, like the set the back half of the plane is like a standard airplane and the you know the pr interns and folks like that are you know sitting coach uh that's kind of how it works well now the players that are unvaxed will be in their own section which is essentially going to be like part of the coach section uh just move it to the back and uh sit in those seats and that's just the beginning of it. I mean, look at players that, you know, if you're unvaxxed and you play in a place where there's regulations against vaccinated people or unvaccinated people working, you ain't playing. You're just not going to play, which I think would, would very much impact, you know, a team like the Knicks or the Nets if they have unvaccinated players that can't play home games. But if it's a road trip, hey, we've got a two-game trip, Knicks and Nets. All right, well, you got to sit out those two games. That's going to be crazy to monitor how that goes. Uh, but yeah, separate eating conditions uh, The in the locker room. You're going to have to be separated from the rest of your team and not be around them. It is going to be very, very, um, you know, it, it's it's going it's going to be so noticeable in the locker rooms and, and around the NBA that I think they're going to get players to just go do it, uh, which is, you know, I, I told the story a minute ago. But uh, that's what happened with Denzel Perriman of the Raiders, who said he's absolutely not getting it. He said, you know what? I, I'm not going to go through this anymore. I want to hang out with my teammates. I want to be around them. I'm just getting it.
1: So I think the most disturbing part of all of it was that you also cannot have the same team spread after the game. The only thing available, Bud Light Pumpkin Spice Seltzer.
2: <laughs> sure. you just have to have to just, just drink. Uh, and maybe we just put the vaccine into a Bud Light Pumpkin Spice Seltzer and make them drink it.
1: There could be some fair crossover there.
2: Sure. Stick your hand in there, Dave.
1: Um, We've talked to our legal insider, Justin Watkins, multiple, multiple times about (laughs) the fact that he believes that vaccine mandates by employers are perfectly legal and defensible. The Washington Nationals have one for their team. Um, Adam, boy, this is some nepotism. I mean, this is what it looks like when your family has been in baseball for so many generations that you can't appreciate How good you have it. Uh, Bob Boone, former manager and player, father of Aaron Boone, the Yankees manager, has decided that he would rather give up his job in the front office of the Washington Nationals than get the vaccine. Good for you, Bob. You give away that job that people work their entire (laughs) lives to get because you can have it handed to you. So congrats. We'll see if you find anything else anywhere else in your mid-70s.
2: Sure, because you don't... Because you feel like your, you know, anti-vax stance is more important than keeping people around you healthy. Good, g- good, good job. Um, it's silly. Uh, I get it, but again, like I don't. I am definitely against forced vaccinations. That should never happen. It shouldn't.
1: The the but, definition of forced, of course, is uh, is variable, right? What what sure. are you trading away if you don't? Sure. Uh, right.
2: But, but and, I, because I'm totally for. Hey, in this workplace, we want to keep our coworkers safe. You need to be vaccinated, or you are gone. That's perfectly. Except, by the way, that's my workplace. Uh, I, you know, i I know that uh, there are many workplaces that do it, and it's perfectly within their rights, as Justin Watkins has said. Uh, I am against like going house to house and putting a needle in people's arm, but I am all for any regulations where you say they need to be vaccinated to participate in this, because that is about other people. It's not about you. And if you don't want to get it, I understand. But as we said, stay home. Don't go to work, don't go to don't go to the store, don't go out. Stay home. Like don't don't get it. I don't think you should have to. But you should separate yourself from society. That should happen.
1: I'm trying to imagine the door-to-door needle squad. Um, what that what that would, <laughs> it would what that would look like. It
2: would not be organized well.
1: No, oh god, no. I mean, I did have a I did want to have one of our listeners on Twitter accuse me of trying to Force vaccinations and I told him I'm not strong enough I can't hold anybody down
2: <laughs> sure stick your hand in there Dave.
1: uh we'll have to do one quick non-vax story here because the vax bag? yeah yeah I mean trust me there are enough stories in the vax bag that we could probably do all vax but we got to get to the Mets before the end of the <laughs> show because th- I mean you know how the old TV show that's so Raven that's so Mets. Sadly, uh, yes, I'm aware of the show. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I didn't have any doubt that you were coming up with that one. I mean, we just talked about Gargamel earlier, so I knew you were coming up with the with that. so Raven. But it's so Mets that you're acting GM, who took over the job as acting GM to replace the guy who was let go after having texts revealed of him harassing a female reporter over and over again from a franchise where the manager had to resign because of reports of him harassing multiple female reporters over and over again, where your players just got in trouble for coming up with a gesture that fights back against booing fans, of course your acting GM got popped for DWI coming away from a team function.
2: Yeah, uh at the owner's house, I believe. Ah <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I didn't mention that part.
1: Yeah. Coming from Stevie Cohen's house.
2: It's fantastic. I mean, I, it's just... How do the Mets how do the Mets do it? How do they do it, Adam? Are, are Javi Baez and Francisco Lindor going to go to jail and boo the, 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 the interim GM?
1: Uh, don't you think? Yeah, there, there's there's going to be a squad going down to the county jail to to boo the interim GM. It's going to be Mickey Callaway, Jared Porter, <laughs> Javi Baez, <Boo>. Francisco Lindor. <laughs> yeah, how did we finish the show? Yay! The other day, boo! 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 boo. Stop drinking at the owner's house! Oh, Ari Ari got to throw the yay, and congratulations (laughs) to Ari. Uh, Stay tuned here on ESPN Las Vegas. UNLV football coming up. The pregame show starts right here in five minutes. You can catch Russ Langer, Caleb Herring, and Steve Cofield out from Allegiant Stadium as UNLV takes on Eastern Washington. That's a 7 p.m. kickoff. But, of course, all the pregame action right here. We'll be back with you tomorrow on Cofield Company.